0: G'day everyone and welcome to another edition of the Weekend Wrap brought to you by Crowcasts, of course. Uh, a bit of a uh, dodgy day for the Crows this uh, this weekend, uh, certainly not what we were hoping for, but kind of what we were expecting, maybe. Anyway, joining us uh, tonight to break it all down is everyone in Discord and my usual cohort, so let's not stuff around and get right into it. G'day, 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 and welcome to the Weekend Wrap Round 12, Weekend Wrap covering the game versus Collingwood, of course. Welcome to everyone who's joined us on Discord and YouTube and Twitch, and uh, welcome, of course, to my uh, faithful sidekicks, Macca. How are you going, Mac?
1: Oh, not too bad, mate. Disappointed with the result of the game, but overall, had a good weekend
0: apart from that. Indeed. And Nikki, how are you?
2: <laughs> I'm here.
0: You're here, and oh, uh, yeah, that's about it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I will try and battle through. Apologies for the voice.
0: That's fine. I had my
2: first, co- I had my first COVID test ever, and I hope it's my last.
0: Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, not a good time. <laughs>
2: was
0: not fun uh, no no never mind uh look thanks again uh as i mentioned to everyone who's joined us on discord and youtube of course if you want to get around the chat tonight uh, make sure you get in the studio um and stick your hand up and uh say day. and we'd love to hear your opinions and comments and views and rants and everything else that uh, i'm sure is going to come our way tonight um and of course. Uh, If you're watching on YouTube and you don't know anything about Discord, go to our YouTube channel. There's a little video there on Discord. We're building a great community up to nearly 175 members now, guys, which is fantastic. Um, Really good to see uh, people getting around it. The game day chat is always fantastic. The chat during the week is always fantastic. Even the Formula One chat tonight will be fantastic. Nikki, if you stay up for that, I know you like a bit of Formula One.
2: (laughs) I used to, not so much anymore.
0: Um, PJ Crows asking is it, if it's live. Yes, it certainly is, and uh, all systems go, mate. So something wrong at your end. Um, so uh, yeah, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> oh, now look, I'm not even going to let you have your go first, Mac, because we've already got a hand up in the in the studio, and I'm not going to discourage that for a moment. So uh, ads, and uh, for people who don't know. Ads is uh, one of the proprietors of the wonderful strawberry farm down at Mount Compass, uh, who have been supporters of the Crowcast for as long as I can remember. Uh, Ads, you're uh, good to go there, mate. I've given you an invite, so just uh, hit the button. Here he is. Adam, how are you going? Unmute yourself, bro. <laughs> while, while Adam uh, works out how to unmute himself, I'll... Uh keep going but yeah adam is uh the proprietor of the strawberry farm down at mount compass uh, fantastic supporters of the crowcasts uh, for a very long time uh since adam was a boy <laughs> very bad pun adam you got yourself muted mate i don't know uh you might have to scroll down your screen i don't know what you're actually coming to us on uh but certainly uh we'd like to hear what you've got to say so i'll just keep you there and if you work out your microphone then uh sing out and we'll uh We'll have a chat. But in the meantime, uh, Nicker and Mackie. Nicker and Mackie. Nicker and Mackie.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're going well, mate. Going I'd well. just
0: like to say that uh, this is the end of my second nice little pepper jack dress, um, and that might have been a consequence of that. So, Nicky and Mackie, what do you think? Uh,
1: I'll let you go
2: first, Nicky. Um, I only watched our game. Um, I didn't watch any of the others.
0: No, no, no. We're just (laughs) uh, a quick one about us before we get into Macca's 15 uh, minutes of fame.
2: I was very, I've missed very few home games since I've actually lived in Adelaide. I was kind of actually happy (laughs) that I was not physically there for this one. I think that's probably (laughs) all I can say about it.
0: Mac, what would you think?
1: Uh, Look. You consider how many things we did wrong, how many players didn't play well, uh, blatant glaring errors that uh, cost us gold. When you look at all those uh, things, we should have actually won by a mountain rather than losing it by, you know, one kick. Um, If you think of... Also, I do have to be a little bit critical of the coaching as well with some of the placements uh, on on Elliot, for example. Um, No, look, it was a... I'm not allowed to say fuck up, so I won't say it. No. But it really uh, was.
0: We are, we are <laughs> oh, yes. in a concerted effort not to swear on this podcast anymore. So, uh, yeah, just, cl- so- just clean it up, old man.
1: Yeah, that's, why that's why I won't do it, mate. <laughs> um, and, uh, no, it really was, wasn't it? It was just a great big mess. And uh, How many times would you get Tex Walker missing the shots that he missed? Um, even Frampton. Uh, not what i are talking about. Uh, Fogarty. Even Fogarty. I mean, we just, we actually handed them the game on a platter. Uh, I don't think that uh, Collingwood won the game. I think we lost the game.
0: Oh, That's we certainly handed it, it? it to them. Now, yeah. Adam, I've pushed you so, back to the audience um, because your microphone work wasn't working. But uh, if you get that sorted, stick up your hand and uh, we'll have you back on. And certainly, uh, if anyone else in the uh, live audience here, we've got two, four, six, eight. 10 and 11 or oh, Pete just dipped out <laughs> um, but we've got 10 there so if any of you want to have uh, something to say or anyone else that's in the uh, live studio chat at the moment uh, get around us. Um, my personal view Mac was that uh, it was just one of those games. Uh, the intensity wasn't there at the outset. Uh, the ball didn't bounce our way and uh, as soon as the intensity drops and the few comments uh, I heard um, around the trap saying that the warm up was pretty lacking in intensity. As soon as, uh, as, soon as the in- you don't bring the intensity, it's very hard to scrape your way back into it. And uh, we were found wanting in the end. Anyway, let's not preempt that discussion too much because, of course, we have Macca's fifteen minutes of bloody fame. Mac, how you going? Right, very good. Lead me into it, mate. All right, let me just put your title screen up there. Macca's Beloved Weekend Results Wrap-Up. Don't blame me, you asked for it. <laughs> oh, dear. I love the title. <laughs> it's a worthy really title, mate. <laughs> All right. Uh, first cap off the rank, we had Melbourne uh, finding Brisbane out a little bit, I reckon. Melbourne 14-13-97 to Brisbane 11-9-75, a margin there in the end of 22 points. Pretty convincing, and my point of view is that uh, just showed up a couple of Brisbane's frailties.
1: Well, it really was a game of two halves, Fien. You know, in the first half, uh, Brisbane looked by far the better side, um, and, uh, and they were they led by, what was it, about 20 points at half-time? Yep. Um, and yet, uh, in the end, it, you know, Melbourne have won by 22, so that's a seven-goal turnaround. So, obviously, domin- uh, dominated the uh, second half totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, Brisbane, I think you're right. I don't think Brisbane are quite up to the you know the really top sides. Uh, they did it very nicely for a half, but then in the second half, when uh, Gorn, Petrarca, Oliver really poured it on um, with Cotty. I love Cozy down up forward. I mean, geez, you'd love to have a player like that. Yes, sure um, would. Uh, yeah, when, you would. Know, yeah, when those guys really poured it on, it just shows what a quality side Melbourne were mm-hmm. and why they are top of the ladder at the moment. And they were just too good. And as you said, I think they showed that the Lions are just going to be that little bit short.
0: Nick, do you see it? Nope. Nope, right. Um, my impression... Macca was that it showed Brisbane up as just lacking a little bit of real strength in the midfield. They've got some really good midfield players, obviously, with Zorko, etc., in the midfield. But Melbourne's midfield is big and strong, and I felt like they overpowered Brisbane's midfield in the second half. Um, and it might be a little bit of an Achilles heel for Brisbane. And because Brisbane was struggling out of clearance, they ended up doing a, a Something quite similar to what we do, in that uh, their forward fifty entries became quite shallow. They became disorganised, and uh, whereas in the first half they just looked dominant up forward with plenty of options, those options dried up because the forward fifty entries, the quality of those entries just dropped off. So, um, yeah, uh, Prisma just showed, I think, that you can, if you can get on top of them physically in the midfield, then they might struggle. Agreed, totally. Um, all right, so the next game was Sydney, 13-14-92, getting up over St Kilda, 12-11-83, a margin there of nine points. I'm not ashamed to say that there was no stage, at any stage during this game, that I actually wanted to watch it. <laughs> 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 it's a reasonable comment because
1: it wasn't a <laughs> high standard. Um it was a very <laughs> hardly fought game, though, Fede. Um, yeah, good. And, it was, and there was and there was and there was nothing in it all in it all day. St Kilda were up for the fight this time, uh, but they did miss some gimme goals. I mean, really gimme goals, which cost them dearly. Um, I forgot to mention that an ex Crow got twenty-eight disposals, the uh, greatest number for the Lions in the first game that we talked about. Uh, Jared, Brad, yeah. Brad, yeah, Brad Crouch, uh, ex Crow, thirty-eight disposals in this game. Yeah. Um, actually had a very good game, Crouchy. Um, uh, but, uh, look, it was a game that went back and forth, and uh, I, uh, St Kilda actually for once didn't give in. They normally do, but they didn't. Um, Higgins had a, a, a gimme shot 30 metres out from a set shot. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he kicked one goal five before that, and he ended up one goal six, which is a shocking yeah. result. And to be honest, he just shat himself, didn't he? I mean, he really didn't have the mental courage to kick the ball properly, and then he missed, that's why he missed the shot.
0: Yeah, that's said um, right. drinker.
1: Yep. And, uh, <laughs> I will later. Um, so, but basically, basically it'll be very costly for St. Kilda's season, and they're not really good enough anyhow, but they like to believe they are, and uh, it will cost them very dearly.
0: Indeed. Uh, now the next game was SNMV Tigers, and the Tigers just slipping into... Uh, beast mode, uh, I feel. 19 9, 123 to Essendon, 12-12, A lazy 39-point win to the Tigers, but I just feel like they're starting to tick along, Macca.
1: Well, dream time at the G in Perth. So, um, it was amazing, amazing, <laughs> amazing to get crowd. that
0: crowd. It was brilliant to get that crowd. It really well done to the Western Australians to turn out like that. It's an amazing
1: crowd, 55,000 feet. Yep. And the the, the of their home team's playing. So, yep. But they got their money's worth of the game because it was a good quality game of football. Just as you spoke about the St Kilda game versus Sydney not being a very high standard game, mm. this was a good good quality game because yeah. Essendon, Essendon played some good football and, uh, you know, Richmond likewise. And it, it was going... Uh, Essendon, I suppose Richmond always looked like winning except for a drive by Essendon in the last quarter and they actually hit the front. And you thought, hello, could they? Could they? Yeah. And and then Richmond said, no, you won't. No. And then they got seven goals on the trot with some very, very good football and dominant football. And, uh, look, overall, it was a very enjoyable game to watch. I thought that Parrish was outstanding with his 44 touches. And yep. you have to think what John Walsh thought, uh, has done and, you know, buggering Ben Rutten up by insisting that Parrish be a half-forward flanker rather than a midfielder, which he should have been all along, mm. um, and it just goes to show sometimes you can have these senior coaches that can actually ruin a young coach rather than help them. Um, but, yeah, Paris and Merritt are great for the uh, Essendon in the midfield, but Richmond's quality overall... Uh, and when you consider they didn't have their full four, they didn't have their main uh yeah, they're a little bit scary, Richmond.
0: Yeah, they seem like they're just playing the game on their terms at the moment, Richmond. Uh, they're getting into that mode where they always... Even, as you say, even when Essendon came back at them, it was never really in doubt, to be honest with you. I didn't think so anyway. And um, uh, they're looking pretty powerful. And it's an interesting comment you made about Parrish um, because there are examples across the league of players being pigeonholed and their careers being affected. JL, as you mentioned, uh, Brisbane, um, playing him in the midfield now where he belongs and he's racking up touches. Uh, over here, he was a medical sub and sort of in and out of the team, so... Parish, similar, you know, wasting away there on a flank when he should have been in the midfield and uh, Rutten rightly putting him back in. So uh, you're right, Mac. A coach, uh, a coach's opinion can have such a massive impact on a player's career. Correct. All right. Uh, we had the Eagles uh, getting up easily over Carlton in the end. 22 points, 14-11, 95-10, 13-73. I heard um, a comment... Made by one of the uh, media scribes about you know at least Carlton aren't getting thumped anymore and uh, rightly so. Someone on Big Footy came back with uh, yeah, so the the result of twelve year rebuild is that they're not getting thumped anymore. They're just getting beaten by honourable margins. That's about it, isn't it?
1: Yes, and, and but, but even then you have to. Uh, firstly, I'd want to make a point that uh, West Coast uh, hadn't won at the SCG since 1999. Then again, they haven't played Carlton before at the SCG. Yeah, yeah. So it um, sort of ruins the stat a little bit, doesn't it? it does um, bit. Coming back to your comment, it's a very valid comment. In fact, it's a little bit worse than it really looks on paper because... Um, that was a very weakened West Coast side that went across there, to the point that Carlton were actually quite a short-priced favourite, which yeah. uh, I found financially to my benefit because I back West Coast. Well, um, and you don't
0: normally back West Coast away, but it was an away game for both teams, so it was always going to be an interesting result, wasn't it?
1: Yes, because and and I don't rate Carlton at all. Don't no. rate them at all. And in fact, if you go through their lineup up uh, Fiend, which I was, did just before we came here, uh, came on air... I reckon half their side wouldn't get in any other uh, AFL team. And, and I think that's fair enough. Yep. And uh, as I think whoever made that comment is quite right that, you know, this is the result of about 12 years of ready building. Um, I don't know where they go to from here because they're very, very ordinary indeed. Very ordinary. I mean, in fears, they lost McKay uh, in the, th- the first quarter uh, with concussion. And, uh, but, uh, West Coast lost Shepherd, and they were already, as I said, a weakened team. But um, no, Carlton never looked like winning. And uh, uh, I, you know, I think they've only got really one classy, uh, apart from McKay, who was out injured, uh, player on the field, and including Cripps. I don't count him as a classy player. Uh, Walsh, Walsh is definitely a classy player.
0: Yeah, you don't rate Cripps.
1: Have you ever looked a? Look. He, never, well it's been a long time since Chris has played a match winning game thing, and to, he is he's spoken about in harsh terms with me I, what you know, he he's a player I avoid in Dream Team because he just doesn't score what he should score and he's not, he never lives up to his reputation in my opinion
0: When when do you reckon the last time was that he played 100% fit?
1: That's probably a valid point and I bet you have to rate them if they go out on the oval you, they have oh, to yeah, rate them sure. as being fit
0: sure, I, I just yeah. think that um, Carlton have done a massive disservice to Patrick Cripps. I do rate him as a footballer, um, but I think they've just run him into the ground.
2: And and I'm in the same boat with Fain. Um, you looked at what they did with Cruiser, and I think they've done yep. exactly the same thing with Cripps, is they've just absolutely wrecked them by persisting and playing them with um, long-term injuries that yeah. should have been rested and fixed.
0: Yeah, Agree, Nick. Well, I agree, that, Nicky. That's why they're a shit team. Um, and at the moment, I've got the half time score up for the Dockers Bulldogs. The Bulldogs at half time, 6 forty four. 44. The Dockers, 4 4 28. So they're up there by 16 points at the moment. Um, we'll keep an eye on that uh, one as uh, we go through. Only,
1: only four now, Fiend. I can see the screen in the background. Yep. And it's only four points of difference now.
0: So, you know, um, interesting round. Obviously, we had a few buyers this week, um, so the latter is a little bit uh, wonky. Um, but it does show that at present, um, Melbourne on top again with 44 points. Bulldogs uh, could uh, get to 40. At the moment, they're on 36 points. You'd expect them to win, I think, so chalk them in for 40. Geelong on 32, along with Brisbane. That's your top four. Uh, Port with a game in hand also on 32. Uh, Sydney after 12 matches on 32. Uh, Then we have West Coast and Richmond in the 8 on 28 points. Uh, And two games clear now, Uh, Mac. Two games clear. Um, Obviously GWS has a game in hand uh, and Fremantle could pull off an upset, but uh, at the moment... Uh, eighth place is two games clear so almost, you, you'd imagine if um, after the you know the three rounds of buys, if uh, that remains the case, that's pretty much done and dusted um, Essendon wow. Giants Fremantle, sorry Max, uh, St Kilda on 20 points Gold Coast on 16 along with Carlton and us Collingwood on 12 points Hawthorne on 8 points and North Melbourne on 4 points with some games to play, so very interesting.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah, and look, I think you're right, Fiend. I don't think there's going to be massive movements in the eight. There can only be possibly one movement in the eight anyhow mm. because there's only one one team can possibly get in there and that's where everything that go right for them and uh, everything can go wrong for one of the teams that down the, near the bottom of the eight. Um, so yep. I think you're pretty, I think it's pretty well set.
0: Yeah. Um, Jane M saying, Fiend with a question mark. Sorry, I didn't, if you said something beforehand, I didn't see it, so uh, you might need to put that comment up again. Um, yeah, so, look, an interesting round. No real surprises, I guess, um, but uh, things looking pretty solid. Why don't we just not even carry on anymore? Why don't we just go straight into the Crows match, shall we? Um, yep. Because it was a bit of a um, bit of a dog's breakfast. The Crows, 10 goals, 13-73. Uh, to the Pies, 12 goals, 6-78. A margin there of five points, uh, which ironically is how many points Tex kicked? Plus one. <laughs> 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 Initial thoughts, Nikki?
2: Well, they were probably right about the what they were saying about the warm up lacking the intensity. And I know in the game day chat, we're all pretty much in that first quarter went, we all thought we were, the play looked like the players thought they were going to romp this in. So they just did not seem to try at all. They rightfully seemed to get a bit of a rocket at quarter time and pulled the finger out. And the second quarter was much better. We still couldn't quick straight. Um, but we, we were looking a lot better and it was a lot of the younger guys as well, which is what I, I, I like to see. Um, there was a little bit in that third quarter and we still had some nice passages of play in the last quarter. But it, it really did come down to their cream rising to the crop and us making some really stupid decisions. Um, like it, when we had players free of the ball, like forward, we'd pass backwards or we'd run backwards. And it's like, but there was a player there and we could have gone forward. Okay, yeah, but whatever. And it, it resulted in turnovers. So um, as Ned has said on YouTube, yep, bad kicking is bad football. Um, and it was an annoying, horrible game to watch. But there were still some little instances of we saw some step forwards from some younger players. Um, which I, I think we're all pretty much know that that's what we're going to have to put up with this that's year. That's what
0: we have to focus on, Maka. What do you think?
1: Well, you know, Nick, uh, Nicky made a very uh, salient point there about the turnovers. Uh, Elliot got five goals from turnovers alone. Yeah. One player. Um, yeah, and uh, our decision-making was very, very poor. Uh, our execution at times was very, very poor. It was, don't, don't get me wrong, there has to be some good pastures, otherwise we wouldn't have scored. And, uh, um, but I think we had too many players that were well down on their form, and which put a lot of load on the others, and they didn't bear it too well. And I'm not—I can't name names yet because we're not allowed to. That's um, right. But stuck to the format.
0: Yes. Only took six yes. years, Mac.
1: <laughs> and I, I and I'll we'll be for next week. I nearly had blurted out some names in too. <laughs> um, but I—I uh, I do think though I, I have to put the coaches in—in uh, in line net for uh, criticism as well. I mean. Having O'Connor a, a in, in the centre at crucial stages when he was not having a good game, I thought mm. that was just mad, absolute madness. Absolute no. madness.
0: Disagree. And, and disagree, Macca. Disagree. All right. Tell me Go why.
1: On. Go on. No, this, it is just why you disagree with that point.
0: Well, because no one complained when we had young kids in the last centre bounce against Geelong and we won that game. I don't have any problem at all with Ryan O'Connor being exposed at the pointy end when the when the pressure was on. Um, you know he was unfortunate; he got caught, uh, bad luck. But uh, I don't have any problem with them being in there in in the cold face when the when the heat's on. None at all. Well, my comment
1: was on the basis that he hadn't had a good game up to that don't, particular doesn't point. Doesn't matter. What...
0: Doesn't matter. Okay. He's on the ground. Well, he he'd on only the- had he'd only had fifty eight percent time on ground for the whole match anyway um he's in there to be an inside midfielder. I know he hadn't had a great game, although I think his game or the, his bad game was has been overstated by many. Um, but I don't have any problem We're, like you can't have your cake and eat it too, macker and I think if you if you're running a rebuild scenario, then you've got to allow these kids to take responsibility. and we did it against Geelong and, and it was fine. In that last centre bounce, I remember highlighting it at the time. And I don't have any problem with Ryan O'Connor being in the middle at the end. Okay.
1: And uh, the other thing, too, was the matchups on Elliot. uh, And again, not saying any names, I wasn't happy with the matchups on Elliot.
0: Well, who would you have had on Elliot?
1: Well, that really is the problem. with the side that we've chosen and the fact that the players that you would logically put back there, they weren't going well themselves, it was a bit of a problem. So, uh,
0: well, no, I don't no, really so have... I'll, extend, I'll extend the question. Who in the Adelaide team or squad, including the SNFL, would you have had on Elliot instead of Andrew McPherson? Well, I, I would have
1: certainly have tried, um, uh, Hamill. For
0: a you're start. kidding, aren't you? Long. Oh, hell no! You're kidding, aren't you? The guy's well, a twig. Elliot Elliot would have towered him up. The guy's a twig. Elliot's a, a hard unit. No way. But, he, but he's quick. He's quick. No, no sure. way. No way. Anyway, any other nah. su- great suggestions?
1: Well, I don't think I dare say anything now. Oh, come no, on, mate.
0: Hard there, there's,
2: there's, no. I'll, I'll name a player hmm? who would have played on him. Luke Gun Brown.
1: Yeah, no, he's been him. available, but uh, I don't know. Uh, look, maybe we didn't have the player, but the, as it turned out, the players That's... that we did on, have on him didn't work
0: out. Um, no, I, I think so... you're doing him a disservice, uh, McPherson. And you said Why? it yourself. You said it yourself. Five of Elliot's six goals came from turnovers. Now you know as well as I do that when That's the ball gets tiled, when the ball gets turned over, everyone's out of position. The forward line is open, and when you've got a one-on-one situation with a bloke like Elliot, the the defender is on a hiding to nothing. Now, I'm not saying that McPherson had a great game by any stretch, but, yeah, but- I don't think Elliot getting six goals was on McPherson. I think it was on our our stuff ups in the middle, on transition, um, and uh, it had an effect not only on McPherson but on other defenders as well. Um, so. Yes, McPherson didn't have a good game. It wasn't as bad, in my opinion, as what everyone is saying, simply because he got set up to fail by a shit midfield.
1: Well, and I can't argue against that, Flandt, but uh, I did also um, when Kelly was moved on to him, he did slow him down somewhat.
0: Yeah, but I mean, you got Kelly on Degoy, and he did a good job on Degoy and like robbing Peter to pay Paul, really, aren't you?
1: Well, you are, because actually Kelly was one of the defenders that had a very good game.
0: So uh, so I've just thrown yeah. up the selected sides. Um, of course, we had two inns. Now, conspiracy theory time. Is it just a coincidence that Luke Brown was out injured after being uh, caught uh, without a mask on on the flight home? That just a coincidence, was it? Well, what would be the point, Pete? I don't know.
1: He wasn't the only player, so if you were going to, if he was going well, was to be, it was him, and it was
0: him, and it was him. He didn't have his, from what I can gather, he didn't have his mask on, and Tex had his mask lowered. I think that's how it was. I just find it interesting that we heard nothing about a Luke Brown injury all week, and then all of a sudden he's out injured. And I know he's been carrying that Achilles, and he's been a bit touch and go at times. But the last two weeks has been, he's looked quite free in his movement. I just found it. A little oh, he's bit actually had. Well, the
1: last two weeks have
0: been excellent, actually. Exactly. So uh, I just found it a little bit odd, and I could be just jumping at shadows here. Uh, I found it a little bit odd uh, that Lukey Brown all of a sudden is out injured. Uh, of course, we had Berry out injured as well, and uh, I think we uh, missed a lot of uh, Sam Berry's good groundwork in the forward line. Um, McPherson and O'Connor in. I didn't think we matched up too badly. I still wish we could find a way to get young Worrell in the team but uh, at the I, I actually um, Peter and I had a conversation on Tuesday and I and I actually put forward uh, a case for Worrell being in the side as a swingman, being able to play forward and back at the expense of mm-hmm. Shane McAdam um, It wasn't Shane McAdam's worst game by any stretch but he's still I think we uh, we could have used the opportunity to see what Josh has got but uh, sadly no so I mean, I think we went in predictably, um, and I didn't think I thought it was the right choice to leave Murray out, given their forward line structure. Um, but uh, and you know, Geordie Butts did really well on on my check, um, kept him Excellent. pretty much yeah. out of the out he of the game. Good. So
2: kudos I to him. Wh- When's really he going to get a Rising Star Nom? Seriously. Well, it's a,
0: it's a very good point, Nicky, a very good point. I don't think Jordan Butts has been beaten maybe once, uh, but not not destroyed by any stretch. And he's held some no, I... very good players. And I, I'm with you. I'm very much with you, Nick. Um, he deserves a rising star nom. And it just if he was a midfielder, he would have already got one.
1: Well, yeah, I, I think he's played that well to the point that even if Talley was available, I wouldn't be playing Talley at full back. I'd be, I'd, I'd be leaving Butts there, that because that's Butts' future position to own.
2: And it's I'm interesting not, that you actually. I'm not saying
1: I wouldn't, I, would, I not pick Tarly. I'd still have him in the side, but uh, Butts would be the man.
2: <laughs> j Mac said they're still waiting for more body of work from Butts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I. It's been interesting the past couple of weeks in that whenever he's gone on to whoever their tall forward is, that I've noticed that the opposition are then moving that tall forward up onto like the half forward line.
0: Good observation. They're, taking,
2: they're actually taking butts away Fair. from the full back line. Yep. But the thing is, the kid's still so bloody good. He's beating them out there too. Yeah, um, Yeah,
0: he's he's not phased by being dragged up the ground. Some, some full backs don't like it. Uh, but Geordie's quite mobile for a big fella and he's not bad skills-wise and uh, he's not phased at all up the ground. You're right.
2: He's, he's got a really nice kick, field kick on him yep. and he also makes quick decisions.
0: Yep, agree. So, look, on paper, I think the selection was okay. I don't think there was any uh, issues with it whatsoever. Um, it was more about the performance on the day, uh, really, unfortunately, but... Um, But uh, I truly think, as a a broad comment, that, Mac, you'd know this, and Nick, you've played footy too, you'd know this, if you don't come with intensity, then when you get put under the pump and you have to dig in and actually try to get yourself back in the game, there's a difference between the effort that you put in Versus the effort that you put in if you're switched on from the start, and let me explain what I mean. When there's effort without an initial, without a mental switch on, which is what I attribute lack of intensity to, you get a, You miss a lot of little things. Like there'll just be one bloke that that uh, misses a tackle, or there'll be one bloke that doesn't run to position, or there'll be one bloke that doesn't offer a lead, or there'll just be that that missed handball because the guy uh, didn't time his run past right or something just those little little things that are very intangible very hard to spot but when when you're when you've when you come to the match switched on and ready to go i feel like you're more inclined to do the right things um but when you don't come switched on even though your your effort levels might lift you're still not Switched on to the game, so it's it's all hard work. It's working harder, not smarter. If that makes do you understand what I'm trying to say?
1: Yeah, I also also think if you come to the game really switched on, the ball tends to run for you. Everything seems to go right for you. And uh, if you if you come there, you think we're going to win this easy. You're not really really revved up as you're trying to work your way back into the game, you know, it it just doesn't go easy. Uh, You know, you don't seem to get the bounce of the ball. You don't seem to get the umpire's decision. You you're you're standing on one side, they tap it to the other bloody side. It just doesn't quite work out. And so you're quite right. If you don't come out 100% fired up, uh,
0: it's really hard to get it going. I don't think it's so much about being fired up, Mac. I I think that's not quite what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is if you're not mentally ready... Then it's the little things that slip, even though your effort levels might increase. So, uh, for example, how many times did we see two or three Crows players jump for a mark? You know, now normally you'd have a situation where one one's up, one's crumbing, you know, etc. etc. You know, how many times did we see um, blokes have, having to stop in the middle of transition because they didn't have an option? That's because someone just hasn't been switched on enough to go, oh yeah, I need to run that diagonal. They're the sorts of things that I think go missing when you don't rock up to the ground um, in, in a switched-on fashion. So obviously Nick's put a, a rocket up them at quarter time, and rightly so, and their effort levels certainly did increase. Um, but it was a lot of wasted effort, in my opinion. It wasn't; They didn't stick to their structures. We got sucked into Collingwood's style of bustling game the whole time. We didn't settle down and play to our, our strengths. Um, our defenders got pushed up, got sucked up the ground so many times. They got sucked up the ground, and they were out of position on on transition. And it was those little things that I think are the are the things that are affected when you when you're not mentally switched on before the game.
1: Yeah, well, as I say, the game played ninety percent between the ears, and and if that's not right, well, then the rest of it doesn't come out right. Um, I think we'll probably we. We could make some change, though, this week. And I'm not allowed to mention players yet, Fiend, but no. uh, I think we've got a couple I think need a rest.
0: Oh, definitely, but the, definitely.
2: But the other thing as well on that point, Fien, is that you can have... So if you come out with effort, as you said, it's only one or two. But when you're trying to get back in the game, mm. every player has to lift their effort. Yeah. You can't have a couple of passengers and... We still saw that a little bit. Um, and, and that's what was going on. And, and that does take more out of you and it takes more of a, a team gelling, which was good to actually see that second quarter because yeah. that effort did rise and, and it, fa- it fairly well maintained for the rest of the game yeah. um, overall. But, and as PJ Crowes said, was um, a midfield often throw a defence under the, the bus. And, and And that's the problem. Um, at the moment is we've still got to really work on that midfield because, yes, those guys did lift, um, but they didn't lift early enough.
0: Yeah, and the, the trouble is when you do when you are forced to lift your, your effort levels uh, to get back into a match, it can be a little bit panicky. It's very difficult for a team when they're four or five goals behind and they're asked to raise their, their effort levels. It's very hard for them to do that in a way that Uh, maintains uh, the game plan and the game style it's more about oh should i just got to get the ball i've got to get the ball you know and so it becomes a bit of a a bit of a mess because and we often were sucked in to the ball and into contest marking contests as well because everyone's trying to do their bit they're trying to lift their effort and they're not thinking about what they need to do and so again it comes back to that that um that saying of working harder instead of smarter and i felt like after quarter time we certainly worked harder but it wasn't working harder to implement the game plan that i'm sure that they would have rocked up to the ground thinking they were going to implement and that's what made it so difficult and that's what kept uh, along with the the bad score uh, um shots of goal that's what kept collingwood in the game in my opinion yeah
1: I wouldn't get over the number of times, Fiend, what you're saying is right. Like We were like magnets running to the ball and they'd exactly. have a player or two hanging out. And this has been a problem with our club since time immemorial. Um, and they, you know, I can remember one of the goals they got there where nobody at the back at all in the exactly. back lines.
0: Exactly,
1: yeah. Uh, so, you know, and all our players up, like mag- like running towards the magnet, drawn yep. towards the magnet. They all got and sucked up a
0: number of times, Macca. Uh, it made me weak watching
1: that and that, that, that really was, I think it does illustrate your point lots of effort but not smart effort
0: yep, um, the, the biggest indicator for me with regards to intensity is the amount of slip tackles um, we're always a step behind we're always chasing and that's when you start slipping tackles um, when you're chasing tail and we're never in good defensive position we're never in good positions around stoppages in my opinion, we just look like a bit of a mess and um, So anyway, I won't harp on about that point, but that was my main observation, obviously, apart from the fact that on top of that, you get Tex kicking two goals a thousand and Fogarty, you know, missing a few as well. So anyway, uh, let's have a look at some head-to-head stats, shall we? Um, So disposals, um, we had uh, 357 disposals, to Collingwoods 334, 202 kicks, 155 handballs. Uh, Collingwood, 225 kicks, 109 handballs. Collingwood certainly um, showed a propensity to kick, um, and so did we for a little while, but uh, then it tailed off a bit to our usual mix. Inside 50s, and you know this is where the, the crux of the matter is, 50 to 44, and that was closer than it was for large portions of the match um, as well. Our... Disposal efficiency uh, was acceptable, 72.3, but that belies the fact that our turnovers when we did turn the ball over were diabolical and always on transition on that first kick. So we were all... And this is the, this is my point about McPherson, Mac, Because we turned the ball over on our first kick out of defence in transition, everyone's running forward of the play. The defenders are pushing up. And all of a sudden, the ball gets turned around, and we're nowhere. That—that that was what I observed um, on more than one occasion.
1: Well, that—that that is a valid point uh, because we there were some horrible, horrible uh, errors made. I mean, I remember one that Smith made there. Oh, it's light, terrible! That lightning-stabbing pass went straight yeah. onto their chest. I can't yeah.
0: believe. It. I don't even know who he was trying to kick it to. Anyway, um, our efficiency inside 50, so 50% to Collingwood's 45. Um, free kicks in our favour. I, I thought the umpiring was reasonable without being fantastic. Um, Riley O'Brien certainly won the hitouts, but not to any great advantage, in my opinion. We won the clearances, no. but again, not to any great advantage, in my opinion. And, and I saw, again, a lot of... Um, kicking over shoulders and handballing to stationary players. So whilst we may have got clearances out of centre and out of stoppage, again, I just didn't feel like we got any value whatsoever from our clearance work.
1: Uh, Well, again, it's unarguable, isn't it? Um, We... As you said, you know, you know, I've got visions of lead in the centre so many times under pressure, under pressure, just hooking the ball forward over his shoulder. I mean, that you can't possibly be trying to find a player with that. And, um, but to his credit, at least he was going in and getting it, and, and under great pressure. But that's because the ball wasn't being delivered properly by the Rutman anyhow.
0: Yeah. Uh- Possession stats: 142 contested possessions to 122 in our favour. Uncontested possessions: 211 to 206 in our favour. You're seeing a theme here. Uh, Turnover: surprisingly 61 to 65, uh, also in our favour. Um, marks. So, uh, and this this is where Collingwood's uh, use of ball by foot comes into play. 115 marks Collingwood 75 to us. Uh, marks inside 50, 15 a piece. Contested marks 15 to 16. Um, right. Um, defensively, and uh, here's a here's a good stat: fifty-two tackles to seventy-six, which uh, again is what I'm talking about with regards to intensity. Macron and Nikki, Um I reckon we attempted a hell of a lot more than fifty-two tackles on the night, but we didn't stick that many. Um. So yeah. So I mean, those head-to-head stats show that we're in the game for long periods and probably controlled the contest for long periods Uh, but as we saw we couldn't convert and uh, you know when you come out with a lack of intensity and then you start missing shots either as a consequence or just coincidentally it makes for a very very difficult night and you know Tex only had to kick kick a couple more Fogarty only had to kick a couple more they both miss gettable shots Um, and we would have won by two or three and probably wouldn't be complaining.
1: Yeah, and look into chat, Death makes a really good point that uh we see a trend against the weaker teams. We're not switched on as much as we are against the better teams. And uh I think I think that's very valid because when we played the top teams we've played very good football. And uh against the lesser teams we, we certainly don't seem to be as desperate as we as we are uh against the good sides. Yeah. Uh, Go
2: on, Nick. I was just going to say the other thing about your point that we, we seem to control the play um, quite a bit and we and we did and we had some really nice passages to play but it, it just came back to that lack of composure, the fact that they were, when they got in our face a little bit, we just didn't work our way out of it smartly and that's what you highlighted with Larry doing that kick over the shoulder where you actually saw Collingwood when they got the ball out the back half of the the centre bounce or whatever, it wasn't a quick kick from their midfield. It was out to the wing or it was a player from their back line coming up to provide that help and that assistance. And we weren't getting that. Um, I do have a problem with our wings um, in that they always seem to get in too close to the midfield, particularly on centre bounces. Um, and, And this is something that's been going on for a number of years um, and I and I think with the players that we've got on those, those wings, although one of them in particular definitely needs a rest right now, um, I think they need to keep their width a little bit better um, to to assist because often that's what happens is if they then get the ball, it goes to their player and they're too they're too close in. Um, so and I I think that's kind of where it came out. So we just need to be smarter.
0: Yeah. And, you know, that comes from thinking, doesn't it? And uh, when you're in panic mode trying to save a game that you came to the ground thinking you were going to win and all of a sudden it's not going your way and uh, the ball bounces the wrong way a couple of times, you get a couple of decisions against you, uh, all of a sudden you're in panic mode and uh, that's when these, uh, you know, tactical errors start coming into play. Um, All right. All right. Go
1: on, on, mate. Uh, I I agree with you, and I uh, I think uh, probably time that we we went on uh, so we can actually say names.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you've been champing at the bit, mate. I'm sorry. Just before we get into names, just don't forget for those in Discord, if you do have a comment or something you'd like to share or an insight that you think that uh, we're missing, uh, don't forget you can just put your hand up there and come onto the chat. We'd be happy to have you on board uh, to listen to what you've got to say. Also, if you are on Discord uh, after the game, uh, after the cast, maybe, don't forget the uh, suggestion box if you've got any suggestions about what we can do for the cast. And, uh, of course, if you want to support the Crowcast in any way, Nikki and Macca, you can just go to patreon.com forward slash aflcrowcast or hit the PayPal button on com. all right Macca. all right Macca. here we go players who do you want to yep. talk about first oh, i'll oh. give you the lead i'll give you the lead who do you, who do you want to talk about first
3: chao uh, I... so we so
0: we're going to go we're going to go bad bad first are we
1: um i just want to it's a situation of uh, and you know It's up for discussion um, When a player Who's been a good player uh, And he's been a He's been a real good find for us But when they go Bad And they really do I mean I, I was very critical Of his game last week mm. uh, Really critical uh, And he barely got the ball And he didn't do much What I didn't like About his game this week Was the fact that Not only did he not go well again I thought there were times He didn't go in hard enough for the ball as well um, And I thought that's not what. In other words, I think he's lost a lot of his confidence at the moment. Thing he's certainly not the player that he was early in the season, and not the player that he was last year. So, do you keep playing that player, and maybe keep running him into worse form, or do you drop him and uh, try and get him to get some form back in the sandpit and bring him back in? And that's my question to you, because on the paper, he, he, you know, if you were going to pick players on form, he would he would be dropped. So the question is, do you drop him or do you say to him, we're going to keep playing you and hope you find form? And is that fair to the other players? Uh,
0: just a quick one. Uh, PJ is saying on the chat that Nate Fife looks like he's broken his arm um, in the Fremantle Bulldogs game, so we might uh, pick that up at, at the end of this. Um, Nicky, what's your thoughts on that, on Lockie's show and what Mac has said?
2: To me, he looks too tired. Um, and a he couple- does. Yeah, and a couple of weeks ago at the ground, he looked absolutely buggered in the first quarter and he couldn't chase his player. And we're all looking at ourselves going, well, what's he being picked for? He's obviously, he's got, he's just too tired and it's just got to him a bit too much. I think they're also, so on that alone, I think he needs to be rested because that's what he looks like. On the other point though, Macca, if he... if if that tiredness wasn't an issue but he's in a bit of a form slump because I think it's the two things happening because they're putting more emphasis on him. The opponents are actually working out what he likes to do and stopping him doing that. Now, for him to be a really good long-term AFL player, he needs to work around that. And the only way you can do that is to keep playing him at that level where they're doing that at him as long as – you know that he's still coming to the ground with the, the, with the right mindset, that he understands that this is a learning um, method for him, that he has to do that. And, he's, and it's not detrimental to his long-term development. And we're not close enough to actually know that whether he can actually cope with that mentally or not. Um, only the coaches do. But... For my mind at the moment, he just looks too tired and I think he just needs that little bit of a rest, a little bit of a freshen up and then put him back in.
1: Yeah, and Nicky, you're right. and You raise a very valid point there again. The fact is he looks like it's too much of an effort to even run at the moment, and whereas he used to be a real good runner.
2: Yeah, and and that's really unusual for him Um, because I'm a massive G for this kid, absolute massive G. I
1: love him as a player, but he's just not playing it.
2: Yeah, and, and I think it's the I think it's a compound of the two things. And so one of them I don't mind the fact that he's still playing. Um because he has to work his way through that being tagged or being worked out and and to work he's around. Not being,
0: he's not being tagged,
2: Nick. No, no, he's not not, not, it, not so tagged. much it's, tagged.
0: It's, not but, it's but not but the way they're nah. the way
2: they, they're playing him, they're they're pushing him out, and he's too slight. He's got to be smarter about it. That's what I want to see him working on yeah, that side. The the
0: the tired. He, he's not getting any well. more attention from the opposition. He's not getting any more attention from the opposition. There's two factors in my opinion. First of all, he's a kid, and he's a slight kid, um, and I think he's yeah. probably sore. Uh, and the second thing that shits me off the most out of anything is that he's been played out of position to accommodate David McKay, and that really shits me off. Uh, David McKay should not be shunting. We saw, we've saw, we seen it before, where our team gets shunted around to accommodate David McKay off a half-back flank, and it really pisses me off. They pushed McKay up to the wing this week, and Lockie Scholl was playing forward uh, half the time, and uh, I just didn't like it. But I, I do think Lockie's been looking a little bit sore and a little bit tired for a couple of weeks. I think the plan with him is probably to get him to the bye, uh, because quite frankly, we don't have another player ready to go on on the on the wing. Uh, the only way we could probably do it would be to push uh, McKay up uh, and bring Worrell in and and have a bit of a more oversized uh, defence. But uh, I think they'll take him to the bye. But I agree with you. Um, you know, seven seven kicks, seven handballs. Pardon me. Um, hundred and thirty eight meters gained is not enough from you wingman oh, he cuts all of a sudden um eleven uh uncontested possessions uh, he had two intercepts two tackles um, three ground ball gets uh, this bloody setup but anyway um what else have we got here um only one stoppage clearance two marks uh two tackles um 77% time on ground so he certainly didn't get a rest um, uh, but, he, he, he's, he's, he's twice the player that he's playing at the moment oh, I don't have any problem with, with Lockie um, but I do think at the moment uh, we're not seeing the best of him and I think a lot of that is down to tiredness yeah, fair uh, comment. before we go down to the next one we've got 1990 Crow here uh, looking to come on so away you go 1990 come in and what he you got to say for yourself mate
1: Hey,
3: Phoenix, Macca, Nikki. How you going?
1: Welcome, mate. Always good to hear from you.
3: Always just, good. Um, thought I'd um call in whilst you're start, starting to talk about players. Um, in particular, Shoal. Um, he sort of mentioned that he should be dropped. I wouldn't agree. Uh, I think just keep keep playing him. Um, we've got a buy coming up uh, within this two two weeks from now. Um, he clearly needs a bit of a rest uh, because he he must be carrying a bit of a niggle. But I think the reality is he's a He's a slight player that doesn't have the leg strength to, to run the capacity that he, that he has all season. He's, you know, doing 17 kilometres a game um, and in a body like his, it's just not sustainable over a whole season. Uh, I think another two years' time, it definitely will be. Uh, yeah. I'm not concerned with him in the
1: slightest. No, uh, certainly not in the long term. No, I'm only talking very short term at the moment.
2: Yeah, so, so on that point though, I think I'd like to give him two weeks rest. So I think you'd rest him before the bye because I, just from what I've seen and, and you talked about him being that slight and we want to get him to the end of the season um, and to really – and you're right that in, in a way, particularly for younger players, and I think we raised it last week, that you get the fitness best at playing the game. But he's just looking too tired at the moment and I think he probably actually needs two weeks rest, not one.
1: Actually, a good point, Nicky. I, I, I'd do that because and then bring him back fresh after that, and we may see Lockie show right back in his vest again.
3: You could be right. We we do want him to 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 play for the full length of the season to come, um, not have to have another break, in, you know, five or six weeks time. So it might be the best way. But um, there's a whole heap of players sitting in our team currently that probably don't deserve to be either. So it's a bit like it's Catch Twenty Two where you. Uh, you drop a kid to help him develop, but there's there's not a heck of a lot in the SANFL either.
1: Ninety, ninety. You, you know, if you were the guy, you've got the sole picking rights to the team next week. What changes would you make?
3: Oh, I posted this on Big Footy. I'm trying to remember what I did. Um, <laughs> I think um, I definitely. Well, David McKay, Phoenix mentioned that uh, he's actively forcing Lockie Schold to be. Played further up the ground in a halfway yeah. flanker, but but you saw, I, I mentioned this in the uh, in my review on online that I, I saw Will Hamill have a touch late in the third or fourth kill order, and I sort of just looked at my notes and thought I forgot he was playing. Exactly, I, I had I, I remember forgot you... Will Hamill was playing. Uh, I was like a bit shocked. I thought, oh, he's okay, uh, and um, I think David McKay is actually hurting. Will Hamill's um, development as well because a lot of the time the guys sort of do a, a dinky handball to, to David McKay that would normally go to someone like Will Hamill and um, we need him getting the ball into his hands to, to develop him more. And I, I, It's just it's happened time and time again that this guy David, um, not, no offence to me, I'm sure he's a lovely bloke, it's not his fault that he's getting picked. Um, but coach after coach has made this mistake that they try and shuffle the team around to, to get this guy on the team that you know for seems to have great training for him but um,
1: has never been a top-line player. Well, I, I think there's good quality stuff. I can't disagree with you. So uh, what changes would you make then? Sorry, I just thought I'd mentioned that, yeah, it was the Will Hamill, um,
3: David McKay and Lockie Scholl interaction. So the David McKay, I put him out. Um I'd give Luke Padilla a run. Not not in the uh, um, position. But... Not ready. Oh uh, he's like, not he's, he's, he's nowhere, nowhere near ready. ready but...
0: Where where would you play yeah. him? 1990? Well you
3: would have to play 55
1: percent game
3: time up forward.
0: Ah. Well we've got no.
1: Berry coming we've got Berry coming back next week.
3: Well Luke Brown definitely comes in, uh, for McPherson. Um yeah, so as long as he's fit, uh, which I, I assume he would be, it was just more of a precaution this week.
0: Yeah, no, um, Peddler isn't ready. There's not many actually ready, and this is half the problem. There's not a lot ready in the twos. Um, a lot of people keep crying about New Church. New Church would get cleaned up, no, kicked off the park. It would not do the kid any good whatsoever. We are stuck with Jimmy Rowe. Um, as our, our small forward, um, at least until Lockie Murphy comes back, which doesn't look to be anytime soon. Uh, Tariq Newchurch is not ready. Lukey Peddler needs another, I reckon, another three weeks at least um, before he should be considered. Um,
3: you might be optimistic
0: on my part. <laughs> yeah, I'd love at... a good
3: talented player get in.
0: Oh, for sure, for sure. You know, but you don't want to get him in and burn him because he can't run out of game. Um, you know, Jackson Hatley is probably one that can come back in and, and uh, um, you know, get a bit of a run of games. I, I wouldn't mind seeing Lockie have a break for yeah. Jackson or even Mac for Jackson. Um, I, I think hatley has been a little bit hard done by, but I also think they're trying to play him out of position as well. So, But the stocks are really fairly like thin, fisher
3: mate. Mac- I really like fisher Maccasey's game on the weekend. Just the little things, like his touch and... No I did uh from what I saw I thought he was much better than what I've seen um for most of uh, the sNFL season that I've seen I think he's definitely building
1: well that's encouraging to hear
0: that uh, uh, but he probably won't I didn't see it but there again
1: no nah,
3: I watched and he he he's just his positioning his skills when the ball hit the ground um clean pickups um played his his didn't didn't stuff any kicks that he that he would normally do. Uh, I just think he's, he's slowly building. It's not going to be... It's not his season, um, but I think he's still um, worth giving a shot.
1: Is Warrell ready
3: for a game or not?
0: He's been ready he's for regressed. two
3: months. He's regressed for yeah. last month. He's, he's gone gone down, but um, again, that's probably a lot to do with the way the clubs handle him. They should have <laughs> been giving him a game when his form was up.
0: How do you measure the fact that he's been regressed? I haven't seen him make too many mistakes. I just think the team's been playing like shit.
3: I oh, his quantity of the ball that he was getting in the first, I don't know, was it eight weeks? He was getting 15, 20 touches. He's gone back to sort of eight to 10.
0: Is that because um, we're playing like shit and getting destroyed?
3: Nah, I, I feel like he's probably not getting to as many contests um, as, he, as he was. Uh, know, but the side's been... Pretty rubbish most of the year, so not much has really
0: changed in that respect. Yeah, different. Op- uh, the quality of the opposition over the last couple of weeks has been pretty good. Um, I, I'm I'm still happy with the way Josh is going. Um, I'm happy with the way Ballace is tracking um, as well. I think I think he's doing okay. Yeah. Still, still a he, little bit of a way off, but uh, I think he's tracking. It's an interesting.
3: It's an interesting one. Ballace. He. He's a good. He's a he's a well built player already. Um, I don't think he's. I don't think he's got the skills to be a forward um, at AFL level um, and if he's going to make it, it probably has to be as a third-tall defender. Um, yeah, and the trouble point. is we've already got a
0: heap of them. Ah, well, you t- send Tommy into the midfield. There you go.
3: <laughs> no, de- I definitely wouldn't be doing that. Tom, Tom, today. Uh, have you seen him kick a footy recently?
0: I've seen him get a lot of it.
3: <laughs> I've... Rory Lair gets a heck of a lot up too, and um, I'm not sure I would want to be um, having him disposing of the ball too much in the midfield either. I think we've got a lot of players already that you know are the most highly skilled. We need to be adding these super skilled midfielders to complement the ones we've already got.
0: Yeah, I mean the bottom line, and we won't get bogged down in this too much longer. But uh, the bottom line is, there's there's not a heck of a lot to choose from in the twos at the moment. True, um, and uh, that influences selection to some degree, I think. Um but uh you know, we, we I think everyone should realise by now that we're still two drafts away. Um and uh oh, yeah. in the in the meantime you take the good with the bad.
3: That, that's that's it. When I, when when I read the final siren went, um I wasn't disappointed. Um I think we, <laughs> we're gonna use this season for what it is. It's uh it's another rebuilding season and we can. It's good to be competitive most weeks, which I think we've been more than last year. Uh, but I still don't want to win too much either because I want us to get a, a top two or three pick that results in a first-class midfielder. Absolutely. Um, to our stocks, so very good. Yeah, Thanks, that's mate.
0: That's
2: definitely what we need.
0: Thanks, See mate. I appreciate your thoughts as always. Uh, ninety ninety crow, a very good uh, staunch supporter of the crowcast, and we appreciate him coming on. Um, and uh, if anyone else has anything to say, please feel free to add to the discussion. We value everyone's opinion uh, because, uh, Nikki, sometimes we're not right.
2: <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Now, Mac has dropped
0: out and he'll be back when he can work out, I you pick, know. How can,
2: to... So can I, can I pick the next player? You can. Schoenberg.
0: Harry. What were your yeah. thoughts on Harry?
2: I, I thought he took another nice step forward again. Um, there were some really good things that he did in creating that um, space. And and what I've liked over the last couple of weeks is that we've seen him actually being effective in the third and fourth quarters, which means he's building that fitness up and he's staying engaged in, in games longer. Um, so that's kind of what I liked out of the game was he was one of those youngsters to me that, that took a bit of, bit of a step up that tried yeah. to take the game by by the scruff of the neck and, and will it forward. And he's and whilst he takes it by the scruff, he's got a nice bit of class around him.
0: Yeah. Uh, disposal efficiency was a worry. Um, uh, fluffed a couple of kicks, one one pass to uh, Riley where he just didn't lift the ball and another couple as well. But 13 kicks, six handballs, uh, went at 57.9%. <laughs> he wasn't the only efficiency. one. Oh, no, 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 that's right. Uh, and, look, I can cop that from a young kid. Um, he's... The thing I like about Harry is he gets in amongst it and he's not afraid to try stuff. He's not just going to rack up 20 possessions doing the tip yeah. kick. He's actually trying to make plays. So 392 metres gained was excellent from Harry. Um, uh, he had 6 contested possessions, 14 uncontested possessions, uh, uh, 4 ground ball gets. Um, where are we here? Uh, three stoppage clearances. Uh, I don't even know what that is. One tackle inside fifty. So I mean, I liked Harry's game too. A few people bagging him because of the turnovers and the messy disposal at times. But like I said, I'm happy for him to be amongst it. Uh, come on, Macca, get your shit together. Um, I'm yeah, happy for him to ha- be amongst it. he's having
2: it. a dip, and that's yeah. what you want to see. You you want to see, and that's why we we've really liked Barry as well. Um, and McHenry as well I think you can add into that in that they're not afraid to try stuff they're not afraid to be proactive and if it doesn't happen oh well, we'll go and try and fix it and we'll do it again Yep, they don't um, go back into their shell
0: I, I still think look at Harry when uh, when he's put a bit of muscle on got rid of that puppy fat and got another year's worth uh, of pre-season because uh, all he needs is a tank and a little bit of strength through the through the core and he's going to be a ripper Okay, are you
1: Thank back? I am. Uh, and you're talking about Schoenfeld. Um Ed, look, Harry
0: Schoenfeld used to be on uh, Channel Niners.
1: Well, same like. Um, no actually not. <laughs> Thank God it's but not. Um, uh, he actually I thought he was very good at getting the ball yesterday, did not use it that all that well, but that'll come in time. Um I think he's got a very big future ahead of him. And uh, he's a smooth mover, getting get rid of a, bit, a little bit of that puppy fat. And uh, just give him just an extra little bit of time. And I think his disposal will improve. And I think he'll be a top player for us for many, many
0: a year. Agreed. He's good.
2: Agreed. He, rem- he reminds me a little bit That's
0: of Patrick. Oh, Mackey, you're feeding back badly there. It shouldn't be. You turned up far too high.
1: All right, I'll turn down.
0: A little bit like Petrarca. He hasn't got that explosiveness of Petrarca, yeah. Nick, um, but, but in but terms that of his smooth, creativity.
2: Yeah, that, that smooth movement, the, the strength that I can see will come. Yeah. Um, and I think and just a smart play. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: It's a big comparison, though, because Petrarca's top of the tree. Um So, yeah. so I so said like. <laughs> right, Okay.
0: Yeah, and it's taken Christian Petrarca a few years to get to that level too. So, uh, and look at him now, he's probably, I would rate him top two, top three midfielders in the comp. So, uh, um, of- Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the bloke I'd like to talk about is Rory Sloan. Um, 13 and 10, went at just under 70% disposal efficiency, 389 metres gained, um, nine contested possessions, 14 uncontested possessions, Four intercepts, six turnovers, uh, five ground ball gets. Before I have my piece on Rory, uh, Mac, what do you think?
1: Yeah, Rory was one of the guilty parties that kept bombing the bloody ball in long all the time rather than lowering his eyes and trying to do a pass. And he's been doing it quite a bit in the last few weeks. Uh, Rory, if you had to rate... Rory, compared to the Rory at his peak, I reckon he's only about a 7 out of 10 at the moment at best because he will fight for the ball when it's in his vicinity, but, you know, his usage of the ball is nowhere near what it used to be, in my opinion.
0: Nick?
2: He was one of the main culprits in that first quarter, I, I felt, that he very much was missing. Um, in the, the second half, he... He picked up his slack, but it still wasn't enough. And I think Macker's right, and we've talked about it for the past two weeks, that when we've had those better deliveries into our forward line, the one midfielder glaringly who hasn't been doing those smarter kicks in has been Sloan. Yeah. And and that's a disappointing from our captain.
0: Macker. I don't know what you've got going on in the background there, but... Uh, Something's going on. Um, My thoughts on Rory is that... Got a cough. There's a mute button. Mute button. Um, My thoughts on Rory is that his time in the midfield is done. Um, He tried very, very hard to get us over the line in that last quarter, and I will never, ever, ever um, doubt his passion for the club or his work rate or or his uh, willingness to put his body on the line Um, but I I just don't think he's a midfielder anymore. I I don't think he's a midfielder anymore. I watched him um, in centre stoppage work and around the ground stoppage work he's not proactive anymore he's just intent on taking body I think that uh, those couple of years of him getting tagged after Paddy left uh, have uh, Gone into his head, uh, and now every time he's just searching for body, he's not explosive enough anymore with those foot problems that he's had and all the rest of it. I think he's still a valuable player for us, but I think we need to recognise that he's no longer a midfielder.
1: So where would you play him then, Fein?
0: Either half back or half forward. I think he'd be. I think he'd be good either way. He's good overhead. Um, as I said, he will always put his body on the line. He's got tons of experience. Um, I probably, probably would play him uh, in the in defence, but I could see a, I could see quite a role, particularly if McAdam continues to stink it up. I could actually see a role for Sloane up forward, and they might want to actually start instead of rotating Berry and Schomburg. They might actually want to start rotating. Um, Harry and uh, Sloan a bit, I reckon. Um, I, I'd like to see Sloan spend two-thirds of his time out of the midfield.
1: Well, he's certainly not the valuable midfielder that he used to be. There's no question about that. And as I say, I, what I don't like is the fact is when he does get it, he, I reckon more than 50% of the time, he's the one that's guilty of the big bomb into the forward lines, which you know sets it up very easily for the defence.
0: He, he's not like I don't want him out of the team because I think he's got a lot to give, right? Yeah. And I, re- I remember back in the day when uh, when him and Patty were running around, one of Rory's strengths was getting on the outside and doing those big long runs down on the out, on the fat side of the ground and kicking those big bombs in from the fifty meter line, and also being a link up player out of defence often being the bloke that would take that mark uh, from the uh, from the clearing kick out of defence now we don't see him doing that very much either of those things anymore and i think it's i think it's because the nature of how he's being asked to play doesn't allow him to and I, I you know whether we play him on a wing or whether we play him off half back he's got a lot to give this team in my opinion a lot to give this team but i don't think he belongs in the midfield as a first rotation mid. Certainly he can have a stint or two um, but I think we need to look beyond Rory Sloane in the mid- midfield.
2: And and when he was having those injury problems, I think last year or the year before, when we were playing him up forward, he's such a great you're right, Fiend, he's such a great mark that he caused a lot of problems. Yeah. Um when we went that kind of that smaller um up forward. So I really like the idea of playing him there or off as you said, off the half back line, because what we then do is around the ground is we pull up over those half backs or the half forwards to be even more around those those stoppages that occur in the middle of the ground. Yep. Um. So he can get involved in that way. But you're right. He seems to his job at the moment seems to be more blocking for our other mids, and that's that's what I've noticed being at the ground. Mm. But I don't know whether that's his top-
0: job or just the way he's playing, Nick.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I was inferring that was his job because he kept bloody doing it. Um. But and every other point you made is right. He's vital to our team. We need him in there. But I don't like when we see that our starting mid rotation is Sloan, lead, and Keys. It's too slow. Yeah, it's and unfortunately. And there's and, and, he and there's needs, no
0: distributors in that group.
2: No. And we we need Letty in there because he gets the ball. We need Keys in there because he can get the ball, but he's also does a bit more on the outside. And as much as Sloane at his peak would be picked ahead of Keys, he's not at his peak anymore. No. And Keyes Keys is more important to us in the midfield than what Sloane is. In that um, particular and, role. And yeah, and, and we're talking about, you know, what we need to do to free up like our wings and everything else. So if we're saying that McKay to put him out, then you put Sloane at half back. Yeah. Because he might not be that quick, but he's bloody smart.
0: And he'll, He's and a the, other smart about, the other thing about the other thing about Sloane too, he brings other players into the game, and I think if you free him up a little bit um, and give him a quarterback role across halfback, you know, not dissimilar to Tommy Douday, um, and allow him to bring blokes like Scholl and Hamill and these kids into the game and get them running, um, I think he could he could be a lot of value for the next couple of years uh, in that sort of a role, or as we spoke about as a foil-up forward because he plays tall. He's deceptively good mark overhead. And, uh, you know, a couple of goals a game from Sloane wouldn't be a bad thing. I-, I think we're killing him, to be honest with you. I think we're doing to him what Carlton have done to Patrick Cripps, to be honest with you, Mac. And uh, I know we're a bit light on in midfield rotations, um, but I think we need to... Uh, and this is where when Harry gets a bit more wheels and uh, Barry gets a little bit more match fitness and can spend longer in those rotations uh Slaney needs to come out
1: yeah I, i'd really like to see him playing off the half back flank um essendon did, did do that with heppel uh he was not he, uh, he was always a midfielder and he wasn't quite at the uh, quality that he should have been and they moved into into the back lines he's doing a very good job on a half back flank for them and uh uh, in, in other words, you're still getting value out of a player that just can't quite do it where he used to always do it. And uh, I, I think it'll be a lot easier for Sloan playing on the half-back playing, running straight at the ball uh, than playing in the forward line. Uh, and also he, it also put in a little bit of uh, grunt back there as well. Yeah.
0: I mean, I guess the thing that I'm looking at here, and I know we're dwelling a little bit, um, but I don't feel like going through all the players, but I think midfield was such a glaring issue that we should probably spend time this week talking about it if you have a look at the good midfields going around at the moment let's take Melbourne's midfield for example and then you compare them to the current midfield stocks that we've got we've got Laird, Keys, um, Sloan uh, as your mainstays and then you've got Schoenberg with cameos, you've got Seedsman with cameos, you've got Berry with cameos um, you know, uh, occasionally a Ned McHenry and and a bit of Ronan O'Connor this week. Does anyone see that midfield ro- uh, uh, rotation developing into Melbourne's midfield? Does anyone see Not it? a chance. Not a chance. I don't. I don't see it. You and know, I can see Berry and Schoenberg being mainstays in the future. I think they've both shown... Berry is so clean, and he's an absolute bull. Uh, Harry's... Uh, in my view, going to be a bit of a jet and is very clean and creative. But outside of those two, outside of those two, I don't see any other midfielder in our current rotation being part of a midfield that develops into something like a Richmond midfield or a Melbourne midfield or a Western Bulldogs midfield. And that's a worry. I mean, we've got blokes in the twos coming through. You know, we've got um, Pedler, for example. But we are still a way off building a midfield that is going to be good enough to challenge for a flag, in my view.
1: Well, it's got to be done at this coming draft, but we've really got to get another two quality midfielders at the, at the coming draft, and not ones that are handy ones, good ones, that can really uh, make a big difference.
0: Yeah, Billy Four Eyes talks about Miller in the chat, look, I'm not 100% sold on Miller as a as a bona fide midfielder. I think he uh, is great off half-back or a wing. Is he part of a Premiership Centre rotation midfield? I, I'm not sure yet, and we're yet to see how he comes back. I don't think could, so, no. Could be. Um, uh, you know, I'd rather have him in the team than out of the team. But is he part of that gilt-edge midfield? I'm not so sure. Uh, and, Mac, you know, we have to try and do it at next year's draft but at the end of the day it it, will get it done when we get it done um and given our draft stocks this year unless we're willing to uh trade out our 2021 first uh we're not going to have a lot of uh room after around you know pick four or five uh we're not going to have any other top 10 top first round picks so um you know you're not going to get it. You're not. You're not looking. It's not looking too hopeful.
1: No, we've probably got the chance of getting one quality one, and yes. uh, and if we had the uh, drafting astuteness to possibly pick one that could develop into a very good player, uh, and that's probably the best I can say about it. it it's a little bit like uh, the Poulter situation. I mean. Uh, Poulter was we overlooked Poulter and and it may well be that we are right and we that that's yet to be well, proved. Well, we went
0: for Peddler instead of Poulter, basically.
1: Yeah, and and I'll, I'll say this: Poulter's going to be a very, very good player for a very long time. And uh, now I'm not saying Peddler won't be, but we we can't make the comparison yet. But gee, I tell you what, though, I would have loved to have had him as well.
0: Yeah, well, he certainly was on my list. Um, you know, having watched him play in the, in the sample, certainly on my list. Look, I think you know. Obviously, um, you know we've talked on the Tuesday Night Live about Matty Roberts quite a bit, and he may or may not be within our reach, uh, depending on how how the chips fall. I I don't think it's possible, but I would be I would be throwing North Melbourne this year and next year's first round picks to try and get their first pick to try and get Jason Horn, because as much as I think as much as I think Matthew Roberts is a great player. And Peter will hate me for saying this. Uh, I don't think he's silk. I don't think he's X Factor silk. I think he's bona fide, gilt edged, Sam Walsh style midfielder. But I don't think that's what we're going to need. If if you understand what I mean, we need yeah, we, someone we brilliant. We need
2: absolute silk.
1: Yeah, and we, yeah, that's a good word for it, Nick. We need some silk.
0: Yeah, um, and the other the other option. And we probably should have done this prior, and we probably won't because we're a very conservative club that, you know, enjoys our, our um, long-term, long-suffering players. But, you know, we've got 936 half-back flankers at the moment. Surely there's an opportunity to do some trading. Surely there's some opportunity. Uh, I, I'd be prepared to put Brody Smith on... I've been prepared for three years to put Brody Smith on the trade table. I'd do it again. You
1: might get a second rounder for him, but that's about
0: it. Yeah, something to bundle up with another second rounder to maybe get us into the first round, Mac. Fair enough. Fair enough. Look, it, I'm I'm talking about being aggressive, and, uh, you know, uh, there's there's blokes in there that you'd hate. I mean, Brody Smith's been a fantastic club man, but... Brody Smith falls down under pressure, and we talked about it over and over again when we were going well through 2016, you know, that period. Um, it was pl- it was bloats like Brody Smith that broke down under pressure. It was bloats like Paul Seedsman that broke down under pressure. Yes, they are playing excellent football at the moment, you know, particularly Seed, another 700 metres gained. Smithers, 773 metres gained. It's fantastic, you know, but. We're not getting a hell of a lot of value out of that. I mean, we've seen, we've talked about the good seed, bad seed. Uh, we've talked about Smithers missing a lot of targets and turning the ball over. There'll be teams around that would love a Brodie Smith coming off halfback. Gold Coast Suns, for example, would love a bloke like Brodie Smith coming off halfback for the next three years. Or a Paul Seedsman coming off halfback for the next three years. You know, we have to be prepared to make these deals because at the moment we are at risk of uh, squandering some really good South Australian talent on the table by just not having the currency to be able to pick them up.
1: It is interesting. Um, uh, PJ in the the chat quite rightly says we aren't a club that does that. Uh, I think Port Adelaide have showed us that sometimes it's very good to do that, that you actually can trade somebody that is a good player, but uh, maybe even seen as more valuable by another club, which gets you something in which in return, you can actually get a better player which suits you better to your club. So um, I think we are very conservative in that area, Fleen, and I don't think we'd ever do it. But um, I look at Port Adelaide and what they've done in the last, say, four years, and they've been outstanding in what they've done.
0: Well, what Port did was recognise where they were. They... Port were very sound in their judgment of their list, um, a couple of years back. And that year that they did that deal with Frio to get up and get Rosie, um they knew what they were doing. You know, getting rid of Chad Wingard, they knew what they were doing. And they have set their list up now. I mean they're contending this year, but they've set their list up for the next five to ten years with those lads that have been brought in. Um we, ha- we have had opportunities to do so with um, various drafts over the last two to three years, and we haven't. We haven't pulled the trigger. The only players that we've wanted to trade are the, tr- are the players that we don't want, rather than the players that we kind of do want, but would rather uh, make the most of their value on the trade table. And that's the difference, I think. If we had Chad Wingard on our list, there's no way in a pink fit we'd trade him. I think that's what I'm saying. All-
1: Yeah, I agree with you. We're we're uh, too
2: scared, um, and Surfaces just said it as well, we're too scared of what a subset of the fan base would say because they're lovely boys.
0: Yeah. And we can't get rid
2: of our lovely boys, but we have to be ruthless.
0: If we want to be a genuine uh, powerhouse in South Australia, we have to be ruthless. And, uh, you know, poor are in a far more precarious position in terms of their member base. Um, You know, not only do their members turn on them very quickly, but they also don't have as many of them. Um, And yet they were willing to pull the trigger and do what they needed to do for their list. Now, we need to be able to do the same. We've got a new regime in place, uh, you know, new bums on seats. Um, We need to be clear minded about where our list is and what we need to do. But there's no doubt that Elliot Himmelberg and and, um, um, Billy Frampton should be nowhere near our list next year. Nowhere near our list, right? So Elliot Himmelberg, I think, has got some currency. Billy Frampton probably not so much, but I think Elliot Himmelberg has some currency. I think there's opportunities for some other players um, uh, to be put on that list as well, and I just think we need to do it because if we don't do it, our midfield is always going to be workmanlike, and we're always going to make semi-finals and be be outdone by bona fide quality class midfielders.
1: Yeah, well, there's no argument for me, Fan, because I started that conversation that direction. No, I just think we we've always been weak in that direction. We've always left it we with quality players. We've always left it till they've broken down and finished before we prepared to move them on, yep. uh, and we've never. Never, ever said, well, yeah, the, the perception out there is that player is a good player. Let's go out there and get some good value for them where we think that they, they're they going to gradually fade over the time. And you have looked like Polak, for example. Polak report. He yep. was playing very good football with them, but they, they could see that he wasn't the type that's going to get them a flag. Yep. They got very, very good value for him, top value for him, and uh, over-the-top value for him. Um, and... Uh, he, he had done, done bugger all for North Melbourne. So, you know, it was a great move again. Um, so I, I think that uh, maybe we're not right at that stage yet, but I mean, if you don't ever start it, it'll never happen.
0: Yep. Yeah. And I know NT Rabbit is a notorious um, crouch um, disliker, but I 100% agree with what he's just put on chat. We have spent so much time putting all our eggs in the in the Crouch brothers basket that we have burnt a lot of players as a result. You know, players that could have been good uh, that turned that ended up being off our list, and I I don't think it's just the apricot slices that we're worried about um, <laughs> uh, um, upsetting. I think it's also the player group. I think, that, I think the club is actually afraid of its own player group because they build this culture of, you know, teamsmanship and all the rest of it. And I think the club is too worried that if they ditch someone like um, Brody Smith, for example, that the players are going to be all up in arms. Well, I can tell you that they're professional footballers and they will continue to play professional football and they will keep in touch with their mates, just the same as Charlie Cameron still keeps in touch with half of the Adelaide squad. You know, this is a ruthless business, and if these blokes want to play premiership in a premiership, they have to be prepared for the club to make hard hard decisions, in my opinion.
1: Uh, oh, I'm 100% in the same vein as you've been in that particular aspect because um, we've, we've just been in the same old thing year after year. And hoping that we'll get rich at the draft, and you know, and pick the genius player that which we which we don't. We you know the speculative the, player, the
0: speculative second late second early third rounder, you know, that's going to be a champion. Yeah. admittedly, we've had a couple. I mean, Harry Schomburg springs to mind, but they're they're the exceptions. They're not the they're not the rules. If you want a guilt edge midfielder, you need a top five pick.
1: That's it. That is absolutely it. So that's you know, just coming back to, to the. the the game itself, uh, there were a couple of people that, uh, players that really did please me. And, and I've got to say that, you know, a guy I bagged all year last year, McHenry, I, again, I really loved his game again. I thought I was he just had an efficient. almost in, game, Mac. Well, in terms of effort, the guy is, he sets a high standard, in my opinion now. Yeah. He really does in terms of effort. Uh, I think the of the small, and fo- I, I know what you're saying, it wasn't, the grades of his game but I did love his effort and he just kept trying and trying to, to, to get us into the game and uh, uh, so I thought he was a positive I thought till thought uh, not while he didn't have a dominant game he just showed us those little glimpses that says yeah I'm going to be bloody good and just, just that, back on that.
0: Ned just back on Ned Mac um, I feel like Ned's game actually epitomised what I was talking about in that he lifted his effort rates, but it wasn't effective. Like, he had 14 disposals, three kicks, 11 handballs, Um, only gained 92 metres. You know, it was nine contested possessions. You know, you can't... You can't, uh, for one moment, doubt his endeavour and his his, uh, willingness to put his body in. But I think he... In previous weeks, we've seen Ned be quite constructive and set-up play. And I think what we saw was actually Ned regressing a little bit to just that bullocking, you know, uh, terrier dog kind of style of play simply because it was effort-based, but it wasn't centred around game plan. I thought, and I actually think that his game summed up how we played collectively as a group.
1: Fair comment. That's fair comment, actually. But um, I never, ever thought he was going to uh, ever make a footballer last year. Never.
0: But uh, at least he's looking like a footballer. Yep, agree. Agree. Um, uh, yeah, uh, we've got some holes. Um, I, I'm not going to have a crack at Ronan O'Connor because I think, you know, the kid needs a run. He's been on our list for a few years. Um, he just needs a bit of a run. He was a bit unlucky with that tackle uh, that resulted in that last goal. The, the tackle from Collingwood was excellent and he just got his arm pinned and that was the end of it. Um Tilthorpe, Mac, I want to see him take a couple of marks. At the moment, he's uh, uh, going well at ground level. Um, I want to see him take a couple of marks. I think he's... Uh, I mean, he had a very difficult opponent this week, um, but I, I want to see him take a couple of grabs. Um,
1: uh, look, and with, with Tilthorpe, it's only a matter of time, mate. It will. Oh, yeah, he I know, I till-
0: know. I know, but I, it would be good to, for him, I think. For him to just get up in a pack and take a couple of marks,
1: he, what is what has he played? A half a dozen games, something like that.
0: Um, I'm not bagging him, mate.
1: No, no, I understand that. But I just think that uh, the glimpses he showed us, uh, they, as somebody says, they were silky. He's just there is that little bit of extra about him, and that, and but whether it's uh, this week, next week, down the track a bit, there'll be one game he'll explode, and we'll see it all in the one game, and uh, and then we'll no actually. But you know, I, I you know, I watched McDonald playing for Sydney, and I watched Tilthorpe playing for us. And by God, did the Crows get it right? Uh, you know, we we and I we were great McDonald fans, yeah. and thankfully we're not the selectors because Tillforth's going to be an exceptional
0: player. Well, he's got more versatility, I think, than Logan. Logan is an out-and-out out forward, um, uh, marking forward, a leading marking forward. Um, Riley, I think, has got a few more strings to his bow, so. Yes, absolutely. Um, look, of the rest, I thought Darcy continued to show signs, and his intensity levels were quite good actually um, for periods of the mm-hmm. game. Geordie um, Butts, as Nick mentioned, uh, needs a rising star nom soon. He's just uh, very rocks, good, rocks up every week, doesn't he, Nick? I mean, oh yeah. He was
1: playing on a player called Maichek, who is is a, is a good player, a really good player, and yeah. uh, he's a
2: little yeah. smaller.
0: Yeah,
1: but, you know, I'll tell you what, uh, But just uh, he murdered him. He played a great game.
0: Yeah. Uh, Jones, after an absolutely horrible start, uh, at least... Oh, his first quarter. Oh. At least he worked his way back into it. I'm not sold. I'm not sold, but I don't think we've got any uh, real options at the moment. Um, across there. Um. And I'm not really going to say much about Laird and Keys because as as much as they got 73 touches between them, I thought they were pretty ineffective in terms of their impact on the game. Yeah. yeah,
1: I I think, in fairness, uh, both of them are workhorses. Uh, They're not stars. They're they're workhorses. They do their bit, but um, we don't have that bit of silk around them that... that, uh, they can just give the ball to uh, it's, they are what they are
0: yeah um, they are um, Ben Keyes just looks like he's also tiring just a little bit even though he's still getting a ton of the ball he's not being able to break away from packs as much um, as perhaps a few weeks ago um, and you're right you get what we get from Laird and Keyes and I think that's what we, why we've got to try and put runners around them and at the moment having Sloane in there with them um, is no good i don't think season is the answer going in there i'd rather see harry spend more time in there um even yeah, ned right. McHenry, uh, at the moment uh with our stocks the way they are probably ned McHenry a little bit more time in there um yep, but okay, we right. can't have the three of them in there at the same time so look to my to sum it up i feel like um you know and i won't read it bash on about the point I I don't think we were switched on to play and when we finally switched on we were too, too far behind the eight ball to be effective uh, in trying to turn the game around and I don't think that the coaches actually did enough to instigate a game plan that would change the way the game was being played um, they just let it bowl along and uh, we got found out
1: summed up very well there Faye.
0: Nick. Yep.
2: No, I think it absolutely hit the nail on the head. Um, I think there was some some failures in the coaching box, um, which you know, to be fair, for the whole year, I think we've actually seen some really nice positive steps forward. Um, but I think there was a little bit of a step back in some instances yesterday. And our main problem was that the same glaring problem that we had that we knew from the last year, and it's still compounding this year, which is the midfield. But we're still seeing some nice improvements on some of the other younger players.
0: Agreed. That's about it. Has anyone else in the uh, audience got anything they'd like to say before we wind up? Um, of course, I'd like to say a big thank you to everyone who has joined us on Discord and YouTube. We've got a great um, uh, viewership on YouTube tonight. 42 people is fantastic. Uh, lots of people in the Discord chat. Lots of people in the live audience. Uh, thanks to 1990 Crow for having a say. Uh, of course, if you want to get around us on uh, Patreon, um Go ahead and do so. Um I'm just listening. What am I doing here? I don't know what I'm doing. What am I doing? There we go. Um yeah, if you'd like to get around us on Patreon, it's patreon.com forward slash AFL crowcast And uh we would love to get any support that you'd like to throw our way and we thank everyone. Uh, as their names are up on the screen there we thank everyone for um, their um, patronage, I guess you'd call it um, also if you're on Discord, don't forget to drop a suggestion in the suggestion box if you'd like to see something that perhaps we're not doing at the moment um, or if you'd like Maka to uh, get less time doing his weekend bloody roundup, that'd be great as Oh well. thanks, eh Well, you know, you get a fair run of it, mate <laughs> Old Nikki, she just sits in the background. Nikki, here we go. Nikki, just before we finish yes. up, just before we finish up, Nikki, would you would you like a segment? And if so, what segment would you like?
2: I used to have a segment.
0: The Cockwomble. We should bring the Cockwomble back.
2: I should bring the, co- the Cockwombling Number right. of the Week Award.
0: All right, done. From next week, we're bringing the Cockwomble uh, of the Week Award back, uh, <laughs> especially I'm not- for Nikki. <laughs>
2: You can do it when I'm not here. You can start it off oh, without
0: it. me. Oh I will. No, nah, we'll start it after the bye. We'll start it after the bye.
2: <laughs> um, I missed the Womble song. That, yeah, that, was, that was my highlight. I used to sit there and dance. I,
0: I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to find that. For, <laughs> I don't know where it is. Anyway, look, that's enough from us. Thanks everyone for joining us. Thanks for all your support. We will see you on Tuesday night for Tuesday night live. Until then, take care, and uh, see you later. Yeah. Good night. night all. All.